You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, and thank you for joining me for The Scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm so happy you decided to wake up and start your day with me. Here on The Scoop, where we talk about life, joy, funny moments, trending topics, and so much more. We promise to keep you in the know and find out what you know. So, let's get started. Good morning, and welcome to The Scoop with me. Tanya Flanagan. Thank you for joining me this morning. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful day it is, especially after the torrential rains we had um, last weekend and going into the week. So to close out, sunny and bright and beautiful is a blessing. I am in the studio today with Donald McCoy, uh, my pastor, my friend, my frat brother, first family, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Hey, Pastor, how are you this morning? Good morning, Sarah. How are you? I am wonderful. Got no complaints. Excited to be here with you this morning to to chat it up. Well, thank you for getting up and getting your cup of coffee and getting cozy and um, settling in to talk with me. I was looking at some things and thinking about life and realizing that, um, as I mentioned, the title pastor, he is the pastor of Abundant Heart Community Church. Um, but also just a father, a friend, a brother, a son, um, a colleague and a co-worker. But in that space of being a leader in a spiritual space, you also give people perspective and you study things um, from a place of great morality that we should often all consider. Whether we do or not is at each person's discretion. But today I wanted to talk a little bit about relationships because we're in um a different phase of life, a very digital age. And so we were talking about dating and social media and dating in the digital age. And I thought it could be interesting to explore um, how we manage and navigate relationships and how social media shapes the way we approach relationships as a whole, whether it's dating or just relationships. And I thought a cool person to engage in this conversation with would be you. So thank you for um, being the other half of this perspective. Well, you're welcome. So with that, um, I was looking at some stuff and it talks about how social media really damages relationships and how, I mean, there's the pros and there's the cons. There's the place to express yourself on these platforms, be it Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of this. And then there's the, you spend so much screen time on it, you lose your natural social skills. Um, your ability, your social intelligence, as they call it. Um, are you a big, I guess we should start, are you a big um, social media person yourself? So I'm not going to say I'm a really big social media person, but I have I have Facebook, I have Instagram, I have a few accounts and stuff. And, you know, it's technology is a wonderful thing, but it's all about how you use it. It can be beneficial to you or it can be detrimental to you. It just depends on how you employ it in your life. So I enjoy getting on seeing what my friend, old, catching up with some old friends, see what they're doing, what they've been up to. Um, but you can also witness 
the other side of it where people end up with anxiety, depression, and being bullied and other things. So uh, I'm not against it at all. I love technology. I just think people need to be wise about how they use it. I agree with you on that. Um, it's a communication tools, tool. I'm a communication um, person, so I totally agree with you. Um, there's a space where it connects us to one another. You keep up with pictures and events and activities. I'm going to ask you something from a pastoral standpoint. So sometimes couples are getting married, they go through marriage counseling. Is there ever a point in that space where people are, have dated or are dating or are considering being married? Do they ever have to, at this point in our life, explore how they value social media as a communication tool versus a privacy aspect in a relationship? Because that's one of the things that I looked at and I saw that people have to talk about um, how they use it and what they feel is respectful versus disrespectful. Some people get in relationships and everything going on in their relationship is on social media and every um, hiccup, problem or bump in it is on social media. There's a post. It's almost like a community poll. Hey, this happened to me. So do you do marriage counseling? Is this an area uh, that comes into play maybe with regard to boundaries? So it can come into boundaries, but I, I teach it a different way. I don't necessarily say social media. Um, I teach boundaries. I teach things to do. For example, is I'm counseling a couple, and I wonder, I think the most important thing is, is that I tell them that they have to protect each other and that they have to protect the relationship. And what do I mean by that? So I also tell them, I said, he can't be married to you and all of your friends. Because he can only please you, but if he's trying to please you and what all your friends are saying, then he you'll never be happy. And the same applies for the woman; she can't please him and all of his and all of his buddies. So I tell people, keep everybody out of your business. If you need counseling, seek it from somebody that is going to be neutral and is not going to be all up in your business, posting it everywhere. Um, so that's the advice I give them, and that should extend to social media and all these every platform. But the problem you have is this new generation, that is just a part of how they live and how they do business. And when it backfires on them, they don't know how to handle it. So what advice do you give? You say young people. So let's go a little. Let's let's walk backwards from the two mature adults who are thinking about getting married or the people in a relationship and trying to make it work. Is there advice that you give to parents for young people? I mean, I know we talk about managing screen time and then having parental controls. Um, but there's also the exposures and I don't want to get too far off the the subject because I want to make sure we're talking about sort of relationships in social media, dating in social media, but young people, um, it's how they communicate. I think that's part of the lack of social intelligence that I was talking about where, because most of your conversation is a text or some type of exchange on a platform you are not really developing the interpersonal skills where you're talking to someone and you're reading body language and you're understanding how to read when um, that person is receptive to your communication because that's also a really vital point in communicating, knowing when a person will receive what you need to talk about. Absolutely. There's no immediate feedback through text messages and and social media uh, with all five senses. Um, What we... We tend, and one of the problems with social media, it desensitizes us to our environment and things going around. And that's one of my struggles with with my teenage son um, and some of the text messaging and social media back and forth 
Um, he's 15 years old, and I've had to sit him down and have conversations with him about how he interacts with people and had to bring some things to reality to him because I tell him, I said, would you talk to your sister that way? Would you want someone to talk to your sister that way? He says, no, I'll be ready to fight. So I said, then, so why are you talking to these individuals in this same manner or to a young lady in this same manner? Um, and it just becomes an unsafe space because there's no immediate consequences. A text message you can respond back is is just words most of the time. But I tell people to sticks and stones may break my bones, and we all used to say words would never hurt us. But words are sort of most dangerous and hurtful and harmful things to an individual, especially if they take it personal and they start to believe the things that are being said about them. Um, we can cause severe damage that will take someone years to get over. Um, but I understand that it is the way that they communicate, uh, but they need to understand that there are consequences. And a lot of times, because there are not immediate consequences, they think it's no big deal. You know, I have to agree with you on that. I had a situation occur in my life where someone, and I'm, my background is a journalist, so I don't, don't always talk a lot about what I do, but my um, career started in journalism. I was a print news reporter for about 10 years, working in various parts of the um, the West Coast and the Southwest. And so for me, words are like um, my tool. That's what's in my toolkit, if you will, right? And so the time it takes to think of a reasonable answer and craft it and text it, especially if you're having a, con- a real conversation or bits of a real conversation via text. Um, someone texted me something that really was damaging and disturbing. And the fact that they use that platform in a relationship, friendship, whatever it is, when you use that platform to communicate with someone rather than having a real conversation in person, I don't I agree with you. I don't think people sometimes realize um, the potential damage and the weight of the words, because now the person can read it, review it, revisit it, um, kind of like reopen the wound over and over because they have this. They have it in front of them. It's in a text message. It's, it's permanent. It's forever until you delete it. Amen. And sometimes you people send things thinking they said one thing, but problem with text messages and social media, there's never any context to it because your context comes from some of the things that you mentioned, body language, tone, the expression on your face, all of the physical things that we read to understand why a person says what they said, was this malice behind it, were they joking? You don't get the context. You just get the message and then the context is left up to the person that's receiving it. And That's often true. it can come across often it can come across come across wrong. It can. So let's say, you know, we start out dating. We're on social media. It's bliss at, is it bliss at the beginning because I think it's so cute that he is communicating with me so much or making cool posts or whatever. Um until the moment that it creates the disconnect, right? So I'm not saying I want to point out that I guess I'm saying it doesn't have to be all bad. I'm sure there's a period where this digital age and this convenience of being able to reach your person, you know, before it might be stopping in your day to try to make a call and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. Now you can stop for 30 seconds and send them a text or uh, a a DM or whatever it might be. 
Um, so I'm not saying it doesn't have its advantages. Um, and if people are long distance dating, uh, it can keep them feeling connected because they can look at that person's page and see what's going on in their life on a day to day basis and feel more connected to them. So I think it definitely in our relationships in some ways can make us feel more connected to other people. No argument there at all. I think one of the most important tools we have in any relationship is communication. Communication is key. Um, and, and all the things you said are absolutely true. It, communication makes us stay connected. It keeps us engaged. It keeps us invested in people. But you also have got to have a foundation to build on, too, to facilitate all of that. Because you can be the best communicator in the world, but if y'all get together and y'all can't get on the same page, it's, it's impersonal through text messages and all these things, it only becomes personal and intimate if you know that person, if you spend some time with that person and been in that person's presence really to know who they are. Because I can be anybody through a text message, but how do I behave when I'm in your presence? So is that catfish? (laughs) (laughs) Is that more like catfish? I mean, that's a whole nother like fear out there. And they've had movies and stuff where people present, you know, who they are in a, what do they call them, profile or whatever, swipe left, swipe right, whatever. And then um, you, as you get to know them, this is a complete, it's a facade. They're nothing like the profile or what they portray themselves to be in their social media space. And then the pressure um, to have your posts liked and approved, that's a whole nother conversation about how social media impacts our daily lives and our psyche. But the dangers of dating on social media is that you could meet an imposter, if you will, the representative. It's worse than the traditional representative where the person is just on their best behavior. Now they have a space to completely hide flaws and present their, their best self for an indefinite period, I guess. Well, and that's true. And there's, there's, There are predators out there, but I think one of the key things I think we need to take away from this conversation that is greater than even dating and social media, our society needs to change and our culture needs to change because a lot of times people are on social media because they want to be accepted. They want to belong. They want someone to love them for who they are. And because social media tends to be faceless, you can post a picture, whatever you want out there. Um, what is really developed is a bond based on emotions and feeling based on what people are saying and people accepting you. And that's what draws us in. And a lot of times that's what predators use to take advantage of people. Um, yes, I'll connect to you. I'll listen to you. I'll pour into you. I'll tell you, I love you. And that sometimes can lure our kids away because they feel like they're safe and this person accepts them and understands them only to find out this person doesn't. They just wanted to take advantage of you. Um, I think our society needs to change and people need to learn to be kind and accepting of people and tolerant of people and that understand that every human being has value. And if we would do that and stop labeling people ugly and pretty and, and, oh, you're not this if you don't dress this way, allow people to be comfortable with who they are and accept them for who they are, that will go a long way in changing a lot of things. But that's asking a lot of people. But I think that's a really important, I mean, that's a super important point. And it's a huge, that's a big conversation in and of itself, talking about um, respect and acceptance 
inclusion and spending time because the the digital world allows doesn't it's not time spent with people it's not um, investing in another human being the same as uh, really spending time together and learning things about that person allowing people to learn about you and just um the skill set that's needed to have a decent conversation you know we used to talk about the conversation that goes on around the water cooler and I know when my when my girls were coming up I would say to them um read a lot and be mindful of your you know language skills and it's easier for you to practice what we you know good English or the king's English or proper English if you will than it is to as African-American people, we sometimes go back and forth. There's the relaxed dialect you have going on with your friends and family. And then there's the professional space that you may occupy. And your voice or your your uh, colloquial sayings may change a bit. And I said to them, it's easier for you to be prepared, stay prepared, and do one versus trying to blend in with the other. But I think that this, the digital space has even further reduced the need to be prepared because you don't ever have to be in someone's face. I mean, we are. I'm not saying we're never around each other. Of course we are. But social media platforms allow you to really um, take a break from human interaction. It does. And I think COVID exacerbated it a bit. Absolutely. I agree with you. I think the, the most precious thing that we have um, is human contact and human touch. Uh, but social media has changed that to where I grew up in a time um, where you could sit on your porch and talk to your neighbors or go across the street and talk to your neighbors. Today it is, and which we are way off topic, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it's tied to communicating boundaries. Yeah. As this is a, anytime you unwrap part of something you realize there's so much more under the layer so when you get into the space of of communicating across digital wavelengths and relationships and then we didn't limit relationships to dating and marriage but to also the fact that friends and family fall into this category it's just about people engaging and interacting with people and how to do that in a thoughtful way and what is what is social media doing to our society to our children Um, are we shells of ourselves are we hiding behind screensavers and profile pictures and cover pages and the one thing I think we all have to remember no matter who you are no matter how you whether it's dating or just for entertainment purposes whatever your own social media we have to remember that it's a tool and that it is not reality and a lot of times what people will, it gives everyone, a, everyone has a voice. And that's the unique thing about social media. And I think that's why it's the way people love it. I can be heard. I can say what's been on my mind, whether it, whether it's respectful, disrespectful, or if it's something that probably should keep myself, I can post it. And there will be people that will, will love me, support me. And there are going to be people that I will have my haters too. And I think people get naturally get off of that. Um, and, but it's, again, it comes down to there are no immediate consequences of it. Now, we we have seen over the years where some things people have done that has resulted in lose their jobs. and stuff. So people, some people will only go so far with some things. But then you have others that will just do whatever they want to do. Um, but the problem also comes. And then here's the other issue that I really have. Our society has really become immoral. 
we don't we don't have any moral standards anymore when we when we look and see the things that we now say is acceptable in society now we have set aside common courtesy and decency for my our individual's rights to say the Constitution protects me and allows me to do whatever I want to do and say what I want to do. But what happened to common courtesy and decency and respecting people? We have set that aside to say that what I want is more important than what's for the greater good of people. I'm sure, and I'm and to some degree, I can agree with you. I'm I'm going to also play a little bit of devil's advocate so I can just you know keep it fresh, keep it edgy. But um, I agree. There are. <laughs> It took me a lot of years. I think I was 45 when I really got the slap in the face lesson where you just really realize people do what they want to do. Whether their actions towards you are intended to hurt you or not intended to hurt you, it's really about what's good for them. Now, I don't know if I'll venture so far to say I do believe in certain cases morality is in jeopardy in many spaces. I won't get super specific about that. I also, because I know that there's the difference of opinion and people have varying perspectives and so what I believe doesn't necessarily have to be what you align with and um, you have the right to to feel a certain way about what you how you feel about whatever the subject may be Um, but I do agree with you on human kindness and just um, the morality factor of doing right treating others as you would like to be treated But then to what degree, to some degree, how does that define each individual person? And it's not for me to say. Um, It is for me to have my opinion about it, 100%. It is. Everyone has, and I agree with you, and I don't disagree with that. I just think that if we want a better society, if we want better culture, better things, there, there has to be a baseline of respect and common decency that everybody has to have for everyone. Um, I agree. If it is. If it's always going to be about me and what I want, then, you know, we we talk about good Samaritans and we seem to be shocked. It's a sad statement to say that in the society today, it is we are shocked by when someone does something for someone else out of the kindness of their heart. That's a sad commentary on where we are in this world today. I have to agree with you on that because I do see those stories and those stories are increasingly becoming the anomaly as opposed to the norm. Um, They're captured sometimes on talk shows, morning shows, and it'll show you what some piece of what someone did. And I think there's um, on one of the channels, I want to say CBS, but one of them has a reporter who goes around and he finds these unique stories of um, kindness or unexpected, um, goodwill that one human being has um, displayed upon another. And it's Mm -hmm. like you're sitting there watching it like, oh, that was so nice. Like it's this rare thing that happens when it really should be the norm um, much more common. And I know in our respective circles, we're probably very kind to each other. But as a whole, um, everybody's so busy especially in big cities and in big cities, people are busy and they're consumed because I've lived in small towns. I've lived in big cities and in small towns, there's like a, a different type of connectivity. Um, yeah. You know, people more, it's a little slower and everyone gets together in a different way. And in large cities, when I've had to move and knowing no one to a large city, 
it takes time to find quality relationships. Yes. So that goes to bring it back full circle. Core values and beliefs set the foundation for good relationships and for who we're, who we're, who we're drawn to. And so we all, if we all shared the same core values and beliefs about certain things, then we know there's an expectation. This is in a small town. Everyone knows everyone. There's a set code. There's a standard of behavior that permeates throughout that culture and out that town. And then doesn't mean you don't have bad characters and bad actors and that relationships don't go wrong, but that it sets a minimal expectation of what to be, what should be expected in a relationship. I do that for my daughter by spending time with her, dating. I date my daughter, meaning I have daddy-daughter dates with her so that she understands how a man should treat her. Um, how he should respect her, the things he should do for her, and the things he shouldn't do for her. Now, she's seen me and her mom arguing all those things because I don't hide that um, because they need, I need to understand, too. Sometimes people bump heads. Sometimes arguments get a little out of, out of hand, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean the relationship is over because we're having an argument. You work through it, and they need to see that portion of it. But I think, you know, Core values and then there was a time in the society when we you, you, it was an anomaly for relationships to go bad because people were being bad in it. But now we can go back and look over history. Things have changed. Women rights, uh, men attitudes have changed. A lot of things have changed. But a lot of core values ain't set how I view women. And I think we have allowed for men, I'm just speaking for men in general, and I don't think all men are this way, but I think because we have allowed our society and culture to change the way we view women and made objects out of them in some sense, we've lost some respect for them. and We don't honor them the way that we should. And I think the reverse is true. I think because of the way society is and the things we've allowed to go on, we've we view women view men differently. And then because we also hear, oh, that's a rare find. They don't make them like that anymore. That is a common saying. And, and that in itself is another show. Um, <laughs> we're going to put a pin in that because seriously, I was driving into the office yesterday and I had that conversation with another person, how women are viewed, how they're discussed in mainstream media in songs and all kinds of things in movies and how it has really restructured um, the respect and the regard the sexes have for one another. So that is an entirely additional show. But this one on social media and relationships, I'm going to circle back to what you said about um, relationships being so important. And I'm going to put a small plug for social media that um, even though I'm just going to say balance, my, my, my last thought will be nothing wrong with it. It's a tool. It's the age that we are in. We're going to use it. I challenge folks to have a balance, meaning have some real face time with the ones you love. Make sure you're having a conversation. I know that you're doing it. Recognize how important it is to spend that quality time. So you have a balance with the screen time, with your quality, with your actual um, human interaction. And because um, social media allows people who might be alone in a new place to meet people who are like minded because there's groups and there's activities and there's things that you can find. So we made, uh, we've made we um, made things in life so much more accessible. So I'm just going to say to it, 
in your dating space, relationship space, have balance. I challenge you to maybe think of an old friend or a good friend that you've had for a long time. And instead of um, sending them a text message, maybe write them a letter, send them a, a card or a nice note and let them get something in the mail and actually open it up, touch it, feel it, read it and see that you took some time and put some thought into it that took longer than 30 seconds or a minute in a text. Nope, I agree. Good balance is important. So um, balance is important. We are at the end of our show. It has been a, an interesting morning, an enlightening morning about relationships, the boundaries, the healthiness of it, social intelligence, um, the restoration of culture um, and respect. And I just want to say thank you, Donald McCoy pastor abundant heart community church for hanging out with me we've been talking about social media so do you want to share any of your social connections your facebook or instagram actually i don't even know them off the top of my head girls to be honest the church has the church has a facebook page a youtube page abundant heart community church yeah yeah org. everything is there all of our events our, our media platforms all of that stuff is they're part of that page and it'll take you everywhere. Um, you know, I have a balance. <laughs> you have a balance. Um, and I am everywhere by my name, Tanya Flanagan. Thank you, um, Frat, Pastor, Donna McCoy, for joining me this Sunday morning. Um, grab yourself another cup of coffee if one wasn't enough. And um, have a great day and an awesome week, everybody. Thanks for tuning Thanks in. for having me. Absolutely. I want to thank you for tuning in to The Scoop with me, Tanya Flanagan. And I want to invite you to get social with me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. My name is my handle, T-A-N-Y-A-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. You can also find me on Instagram at Tanya Almanize Flanagan. And if you have a thought, an opinion, or a suggestion, don't hesitate to shoot me an email to tanya.flanagan at unlv.edu. Thanks again for joining in. Stay safe and have a great week.